0: All right, welcome back to another episode of the Randy Forster Podcast. Thanks again for listening. I'm trying something new today. I want to take a second to introduce my guests ahead of time moving forward so that once we get to the interview, it's full steam ahead. So today's guest is Melanie Trombley. Mel is one of the owners of Red Door Title. For those that understand my business, you'll know that it's very important for me to work with title companies that I trust and have a great working relationship with, and that's exactly what I have in Red Door Title. Mel, her partner, Annette, and her whole team have just been amazing for me over my career. So I'm looking forward to talking to her about that, talking about the current real estate market, their plans for the future, and much more. Mel is truly an influential figure in Maine real estate, so it's going to be a fun conversation. But before I get to that, I have a favor to ask. If you've made it this far, can you help me out and like the Randy Forster podcast on Facebook, subscribe to the pod on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube? It would mean the world to me. So thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. All right. I'm here with Melanie Trombley of Red Door Title. How are you doing, Mel?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on. So you are the owner of Red Door Title. Do settlement services, closings. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Red Door Title?
1: Yeah. We've actually been around for 10 years. We opened 10 years ago. I opened with my business partner. We worked together at another title company prior to, and we really just wanted to focus on giving really great customer service. We wanted to be able to jump through hoops for people, go to their homes to do closings, do after hours closings, do six in the morning closings, do whatever they needed. So that's why we started Red Door Title. We we didn't have that option really at the other place we were working and we just felt there was a better way. So she and I have been in business for 10 years and, and we started with two employees and we now have about 65.
0: <laughs> yeah. and how many office locations? I know there's a bunch. We have
1: 19. 19, 19. And, and probably about six or seven of them are fully staffed all the time. The rest are closing offices, just convenient places for people to go and close their their transaction.
0: Now, where is your footprint exactly? Is it?
1: We are in Maine and we are in New Hampshire and Massachusetts, and we can work with any property in those three states. Mm-hmm. So, and close just about anywhere,
0: right? I, we can. I feel like I've had closings way up north.
1: We can, yes. And we can do docusign closings and a lot has happened over the years to make it a little bit easier for the consumer when, you know, if they can't get into an office or if someone's in a nursing home or, or whatever. So that's, that's been good too.
0: How long have you been in the real estate industry for?
1: I would say I started in banking and that was about 30 years ago. And mm-hmm. I was in banking for quite a few years, kind of did everything there. I started as a teller, ended up being a branch manager, did mortgage lending. That's when I really got into real estate and I really liked it. And I got to the point where I went to work for a modular home dealer of all things. And so I kind of learned that into the business. Then I went to work for a title company and learned title. And during that time, I also got my real estate license. So obviously I've been very interested in the industry for quite a long time as I'm still in it.
0: (laughs) And I think that's when we first met. When you were at a previous title company, yeah. it's probably been 10 or 12 years since we've been working together, which is really cool. A lot of closings yeah. together. It was fun seeing you make that jump from the prior title company to opening up your own shop. Now, how, how big of a transition was that for you? Was that a big deal for you, a lot of new um, parts? It, it
1: was kind of scary. I'm not gonna lie. You know, it was the first couple of years that I kept thinking, okay, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it, we're gonna make it. And then finally one day I realized that we would make it and we were doing just fine. And we grew to be quite a large title company, actually. It wasn't really the plan. It just kind of happened.
0: Yep. Now, how would you equate your size to other title companies in Maine, New Hampshire? Is it one of the biggest ones?
1: I think, yeah. I think I would say we're probably the biggest title company in Maine. I don't know, not in New Hampshire necessarily, but we do a lot of transactions in Maine. That's
0: how many transactions the past couple of years have been especially busy, but what's a typical month like for you back then?
1: Well, last year total, we did like 7,788 closings and That's uh, the year before was pretty close to that as well. So, you know, we mm-hmm. had months that we were closing a hundred transactions or uh, we started off with a hundred and that was a big deal. And then we got up to like almost a thousand on some of the years and last couple of years in particular, for sure.
0: It was insane. Now, what do you think it is that sets Red Title apart from competitors? I, I think I it's our think.
1: focus on customer service. We don't like to say no, we like to help people and get the job done pretty much Whatever it takes, we, we want to do it. Even our attorneys jump through hoops for people to get things done. We will work after hours to get a transaction through. We'll do late-night closings. If, for some reason, the lender does not have a clear to close, we'll stay up and wait. And uh, you know, I've had closings at 9 o'clock at night before, and they were purchases. Yeah. And in that instance, the people were going to lose the house if they didn't close because the seller had someone else waiting in the wings with a better offer so we got it done we get it done nine o'clock at night <laughs> it seems like there's always something
0: like that to, yeah
1: it's part of the kind of it's the way it is in this industry
0: yeah but i mean that's one of the things that i've really liked about working with you guys and you in particular you know these transactions are not always easy because things are coming in last minute or there's these weird hoops that you have to jump in at the end and i don't think people realize how important it is for someone like me in lending to have a solid relationship with someone like you guys on the title side, on the closing side, we're almost extensions of each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, represent right. us. we represent you to some, to some degree. So you, and Annette, the other closers on the team have really bailed me out over the years in, in terms of making things happen on super short notice or you know, whatever the case may be. So,
1: well, we're all a team for sure. Everyone wants to get to yeah. the closing table.
0: Yeah. Now it's, it's been an awesome relationship for me. So in terms of opening Red Door Title, what are some of the things that people don't even think about when they think about opening businesses that you, that you learned through that process? Anything in Um, particular?
1: for Annette and I, one of the biggest challenges was the HR department. (laughs) She was really good at operations. I was very good at marketing and and stuff like that, but then we had to deal with employees and we've had some awesome employees over the year, but we never really had an HR department. So that was one of the biggest challenges. During the last three years, there was a shortage of experienced people in this industry and everyone was overwhelmed with the amount of work that was thrown our way because everyone was refinancing on top of a regular busy purchase time. And so staffing has been a problem every now and then. Most of the jobs at Red Door Title are not entry level jobs. You need to be trained. And, you know, to, to learn, to be a processor, it takes a good two or three years. And so that, that was an issue. It was hard to find people.
0: I feel like there's a lot of bouncing around in the industry on the lending side and on the title side, there's only a finite amount of people that have that sort of experience and they probably jump from title company to title company. So if you work with someone and they have moved on, it's, it's one less person that could come back to you probably. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure that that employee pool is pretty limited.
1: It definitely is. Yep. Definitely is. Yeah.
0: One of the questions I get a lot is what is the difference between a local attorney and a company like regular Title when it comes to providing the services that you provide? Is there any difference?
1: There's not a lot of difference. Title companies typically do volume. So what I tell people is we're doing volume. So we have a lot of experience with many different transactions that we've seen over the years. Most attorneys do, um, they practice different types of law. So they might do residential but they might also do divorce or estate planning or whatever. So they might not have as much experience in that area as as a title company would. However, in some instances, people might want to be represented by an attorney, which means the attorney would be watching out for their interests and they would actually be representing them. With a title company, when there's a lender involved, the title company actually represents the lender. And in essence, you're representing the buyer as well because their interests align. But sometimes we will have a transaction with a seller who has their own attorney. And basically, their attorneys do what our attorneys do. We have five attorneys at Red Door Title, and they're willing to review purchase and sales agreements, anything that any question that the buyer or the seller would have. So, so that's the main difference between the two. I think title companies are a little bit more flexible. Usually most of them don't have strict nine to five Monday through Friday. They're a little bit more flexible. So, so that's pretty much it. we do the same work.
0: I agree. And that's what I try to tell people too, because there's definitely a perception for certain people that, you know, title companies don't even have attorneys on staff and you guys obviously have five of them. So it really comes down to a volume and level of experience thing. So.
1: We Uh, see that we see the same problems that attorneys see when there's a title issue, there's a title issue and our attorneys tackle it. And uh, so we, we do the same work really same thing.
0: You also do own another business, right?
1: I do. Yeah. My husband and I, my husband and I bought big daddy's ice cream three years ago. Funny thing, we signed the papers before the COVID thing came about. And that was in December. And then we closed in March and that was when everything shut down. <laughs> so for some reason, I wasn't nervous about it. And I, in hindsight, I don't know why, because even the seller was nervous. Like, are you going to go through with this? And, and we no. did, and it was great. We made it through. People were really excited because everything was shut down because of COVID. So by the time we opened Big Daddy's Ice Cream in May, People are like flocking over in their cars with lawn chairs out in the, the parking lot to get ice cream. And they were just really excited. That was like something normal for them that they hadn't been yeah. able to experience for a while. So we have three locations so, yeah. for that, for Big Daddies.
0: Where's the third one? Also
1: in gunkwood on Shore Road. We just opened okay. it this year. Yeah, along, along with a oh, nice. coffee shop called OGT Beanery. So yeah, we've been very busy. I have not been to that
0: yet. I, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. We're going to have to have a, have a coffee there at some point. Yeah.
1: No, it's a great, it's a fun thing. We're having fun with it.
0: Now, when is, when is Big Daddy's open? Is it open year round? Is it only open certain months of the year?
1: We open the middle of April and we close yeah. by the end of October, typically. If we have a lot of ice cream So with the COVID stuff, it really only sets
0: you back a little bit. Yeah,
1: we didn't even half. really notice it. It was, it was mm-hmm. fine. I mean, the numbers were down a little bit, I think in the beginning, but That was takeout ice cream. So that was something people were comfortable with rather than going into a restaurant and sitting down, they could take out ice cream. So it worked, you know, it, it it was good. It gave us a a good chance to kind of get our feet wet and learn the business without being under the gun too much, I guess, if it had been a normal year.
0: Has there been a big learning curve in that business? No,
1: no. We learned within a couple of weeks that the, wonderful people we bought the business from they they expected that they'd be hanging around all summer helping us and two weeks into it and we had it down and they still are really great about helping us out because they live behind the the building and wells so they they jump right in anytime there's something that we need help with it's great
0: now are there similar challenges in operating big daddies as there are an operating Red Door Title, is staffing the biggest issue? Or is there a different set of problems? Or
1: no, staffing like? is a problem across the board everywhere, I think. Pretty much at Red Door, we haven't had too many problems staffing. Definitely Big Daddy's. it's obviously a seasonal business. So all the kids, all the high school kids go back to school. All the college kids go back to school the middle of August. And then people are still around and they still want ice cream. And so we we're short of help. So so we love the ones that can work into the fall. And a lot of the kids work into the fall as well. But the kids that go back to college, they're usually going away. Right. So, yeah, similar things.
0: So do you piece it together with less staff? Or are you spending more time in, in some of those other places yourself? or
1: Um, Uh, we get by, okay. I mean, the business is not as (laughs) robust in the fall, especially during the week as it is in the summertime around here. Summertime is crazy. So, you know, a few, fewer people and, you know, sometimes there's a line, sometimes people have to wait, but I think they're used Mm -hmm. to it at this point. Everywhere you go, there's a line.
0: It's interesting because my wife and I met some friends for dinner in Agunquot a couple weeks back. And I think we were there at like nine o'clock at night. And I was just shocked at how many people were there. Yeah. You know, on a Saturday night, just out and about that, that downtown, it seemed like a really, really happening place, probably more so than any of the other coastal you know, main towns that I can think of or been, been to lately. So definitely seems like quite a scene in the summertime over there.
1: It is. And when, when it's warm out, people are just everywhere. And this year, I think people really wanted to get out, coming out of COVID mm-hmm. and the comfort level is, is better. And every hotel and town's been booked pretty much all summer long.
0: Has it been? Oh that's good. Glad to hear. You know, I was talking to someone about kind of a court the other day, and they seemed to think that business was down there. They seemed like there was less people. Or You know, I heard that from somebody else.
1: I, w- I was surprised to hear that because a gun quick, the, you know, business is definitely up without a doubt.
0: Well, good. Yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, it's still another, another weird year coming out of things. Hopefully by next year, it's even more back to normal, if not better. Mm-hmm. You know? Then by then, you'll have opened up a third business. Actually, I Actually, already did open up a third business with the coffee <laughs> shop, so maybe a fourth business. <laughs> yeah, we're going to slow down soon, I think. Do you have any advice for anyone that's thinking of starting a business? Anything that you learned that you'd be open to sharing?
1: Well, do your homework, but I have to say that when we opened Big Daddy's, we jumped right into it. We did not give it any thought at all and it was kind of an odd thing. It was very exciting from the very beginning, but it was nothing we had ever dreamt about doing or planned out or anything like that. I think if you're willing to work hard, you can do well in just about any business. Just do your homework, see if there's a market for it, and then work hard and you'll get somewhere.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Now, one of the last things I wanted to talk to you to kind of shift back to the real estate world before we wrap up is, just kind of your thoughts on what the market's been like this year. I know it's a, been a little bit of a different year for me and for a lot of people in our business. And I assume for you guys too, but what's this year been like in 2022?
1: It's It's been really kind of a more normal year. If, if you want mm-hmm. to know normal in comparison to like maybe four years ago, the last three years have not been normal. It's been great, but it's mm-hmm. been a lot more than usual for sure. And, you know, refinances have kind of dried up a little bit. We still get a few every now and then. So, we're probably working doing like half the transactions that we we did last year at this time. So, it, it's normal. It's it's what it was before COVID, before all that happened.
0: Yeah, that's the way that I would put it too. I mean, it, so far in year to date 2022, I put that put that in line with, you know, 2018, 2019 um which was fine at the time, but when you're used to doing so much business over the past couple of years and you go back to what well, was normal. It feels like I'm not even working right now, and <laughs> that, really that, can Have a part-time job. It's, it's a really strange feeling because you establish all these efficiencies in the way you do things. So you can handle that work level and then it just goes away and gets cut in half to a more, more manageable number. And next thing you know, I'm starting podcasts and starting Instacart with my daughter and all these things. And you know, it's, it's nice to feel like you have plenty of time.
1: Yeah. It has been kind of a nice change. I, I'd like business to pick up again a little bit though. I'm ready.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you get any indication from people that you talk to, realtors that you do business with that things are going to be improving or everyone's kind of just sitting tight trying to figure out what's going to happen next? I
1: think people just aren't sure what's going to happen. There's certainly enough buyers out there. There's plenty of buyers. And even though the rates are higher, I think they still want to buy. The, the biggest problem is yeah. there aren't enough listings for the people to buy. I think I think that's our biggest issue right now.
0: It seems like it was going that direction for a while. The past couple of years, supply has been an issue. And if anything, it's gotten worse mm-hmm. um, because even less people feel comfortable enough to sell, because they're not sure what they're going to do. And it kind of creates this self-fulfilling you know, prophecy of, of no inventory. I don't know when that turns around. Rates are still in, into the low sixes. And yeah, so it's, it's a far cry from what it was at this time last year when we were still in the, in the threes, but like you said, I think people would still buy houses if the rates were at 10, there's that much demand. Instead of being 50 people making an offer on a home, it's it's 10, but even that's enough to, to be in a multiple offer situation, driving up prices and all that.
1: Yeah, I am hearing that it's starting to change a little bit. Sellers are still expecting to get top dollar for the house and it's not always working out that way. Buyers yep. might be slowing down just a little bit, stepping back and actually ordering um, inspections, which they were waiving before. And so that's what I hear a little bit of. We'll see. You know, it might yeah. stabilize the prices a little bit better.
0: One of the things that we've seen in our office is a, a little bit more government financing. I don't know if we've had that conversation before, but for the past couple of years, anyone, any buyer making an offer in this market had to use what's called conventional financing, which is just kind of a pretty plain normal loan for people that have good credit and good down payments and. Anything other than that wasn't going to even be looked at by a seller, but we have a few FHA deals under contract. We have a rural development loan under contract. And those are things that we really haven't seen much of since prior to COVID. So I think that's encouraging for some of the local people, because what I found over the past couple of years is the local people have probably been the ones that have been hit the hardest in terms of not being able to buy in this market, just with out of state money or, you know, people that sold a home and are sitting on a bunch of cash. So it'd be nice to see some of those local local people, younger people be able to get in homes that need government It financing. would be,
1: it would be nice. So hopefully that's the direction yeah. we're going in.
0: Yeah, we will see. You know, summer's wrapping up, fall's usually a busy time of year. So we'll see if that holds true, you know, you know they'll just kind of go from there. So any other thoughts before we wrap up?
1: I think so i think we covered everything and and just want everyone to know what a pleasure it's been to work with randy all these years and and the other norcom boys it's always yeah. been a pleasure thank you for the business
0: yeah now we, we appreciate everything you guys do for us have an awesome team and hopefully we'll just kind of keep things going and then we'll go from there what is the best way for people to contact your find red door title
1: well our website has our phone numbers and our emails, I guess, on there, or they can call me directly. My number is 207-475-6610. That's my cell phone number, and I'm happy to help anyone, any questions, no questions are silly in the title industry. So um, just reach out. Our attorneys are always willing and ready to answer questions as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, Mal. I appreciate it. It was nice talking to you. Hopefully I'll see you at a closing table soon. Okay, sounds great. Thanks, Randy.